Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. O'Neal, a base hit into left, and the game is tied. Hitting streak at 11, and it's a 1-1 game. And that's a base hit into left. O'Neal being waved in. Throw by Winker is offline. Tyler O'Neal scoring the second run. 2-1, St. Louis. Breaking ball hammered down the right field line. Fair foul. And that is a home run, Jesse Winker. His 14th homer of the season. And his two-out, two-run job gives the Reds the lead right back. The bunt is down. Barnhart gathers, forcing third one on the first. Double play! Yeah, that one hurt. That was Rondon at the plate. Runners at first and second in the ninth. Nobody out. You knew you were going to use Paul Goldschmidt at some point in the ball game, and the Cardinals come up short in game number one. Welcome to the Danny Mac Show with BK here on 101 ESPN. The Friday edition, I'm Dan McLaughlin. That's BK. Tanner is with us. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Dan. How you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Uh, thought a lot about the ninth inning. That's the beauty of baseball. What would you do in that spot? Do you bunt? Do you let him hit? Uh, I don't... I think Mike Schilt is great at what he does. I would have loved to have seen either you pinch hit... Goldschmidt in that spot. That's what I would have done. Uh, for Rondon. Because if you if you get the bunt down, first base is open. I don't see them pitching to Paul Goldschmidt. Um, but that's baseball. I mean, we all can debate what we would do. They tried it with the bunt. Didn't work out. Uh, Goldie comes up. Walked. Then Tommy Edmond strikes out. That's your ball game. And uh, unfortunate way to end. Because you could see the momentum was shifting in that inning. Especially after the bunt by Sosa. Great bunt. And uh, you had first and second, nobody out, chance to tie or win, and the Cardinals come up short. You remember it was a couple of weeks ago, I think. Might have even been a week ago now. These games are all starting to kind of blur together. But there was a moment where it was like, hey, there was no good option for the Cardinals here. Mike Schilt had, this was the best of bad options. It's kind of how I felt last night as well. I would have pinch hit for Rondon. I would have pinch hit Goldschmidt there. But then the next question is, okay, but then what do you do in the nine hole? I don't know. They didn't have very many good options there. And so maybe what you're doing is you're just preventing the inevitable by one spot at that point. Well, that's what he's doing. He's saying if he gets the bunt down, now I still have Goldie in my back pocket. I got, got Edmund. Yeah, I got Edmund and Carlson. So I'm, I'm eliminating the double play. And that's the way he was looking yeah, at it, I'm sure. And I get it. And so this is one of those things that it's the math is always in the critics' favor. It didn't work last night, so it's easy for me to come on and say I would have done this instead. And sure, maybe that would have worked. That's baseball. Right? That's sure. baseball. In the moment, I said the same thing to Tanner. I would have pinch hit for Rondon there. I, I don't know if it would have worked. I mean, in the end, it probably would have had pretty similar results. But that's a tough one to lose, Dan. That one felt like a game that got away for the Cardinals. This is the thing, though, that it sets up for the rest of the series in terms of pitching. So, by the way, T.J. Antone, I can make a case he's the best reliever I've seen so far this year. He was was awesome, and he's had a great year. He's been a savior for the Reds in their bullpen, but they used him for two innings last night. Another guy they rely on, Lucas Sims, 
He went two innings, so they're burned for tonight. On the flip side, the Cardinals needed someone to go deep after what happened in Los Angeles in Game 3. Who else do you go to? Adam Wainwright at home. First two innings, 50 pitches. The next five, 55. So he made an in-game adjustment, did a great job, and here is Mike Schild on Adam Wainwright. Great example of what a pro does. You know, he just figured out a way and got us seven big innings. Can't say we were short in the bullpen. We just didn't have some of the guys we had from last night. We had available guys, and uh, he gave us a big seven innings, kept us right there to give us a chance to win a baseball game, and can't say enough positive about what we know tonight. Yeah, you think about that first inning. Suarez strikes out on a 3-2. Kind of a borderline pitch. Could have gone either way. If they called it a ball, I would have seen it and said, tight pitch, but okay, it's, it's a walk. But he got the strikeout. Winker a single, Castellanos a single. He's now got a 19-game hitting streak. This is where you thought, "Uh uh-oh, this could be problematic, was uh, Stevenson hit by a pitch. Uh, Who else was hit by a pitch? Naquin was hit by a pitch. Um, And when you don't see command out of Wayno for a guy that's not throwing 100, and you're thinking, and he relies on location, you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, he may not have it. When when you got there, Dan, just out of curiosity, before we get any further, because I know for me, and I don't know about you, Tanner, I was thinking in that moment, oh, my God, it's going to happen again. I could, Back I could to see, back nights. I could see panic in BK's text. I, I, I was like, there. I think Wayno's going to get through this. I think he's going to find a way. If anybody can't, it's him. But when he hit those back-to-back batters, I was like, oh, my God, if they can't get a deep outing out of him tonight, this could screw them for this series. It'd be for a sure. huge problem. Yes, and here's where, and I mentioned it on the game last night, this is what Adam Wainwright does maybe better than anybody uh, right now, certainly on the Cardinals, but maybe uh, one of the best in baseball. His ability to make an in-game adjustment is fantastic. There are so many times, and I said it in the moment, I said it wouldn't surprise me at all, Rick, and I'm sure you agree with me, um, That, and I'm talking about Rick Ankiel, who was my partner last night, did a great job, that if we look up in the 6th or the 7th, Adam Wainwright is still in this game, and it's still a competitive game to where the Cardinals have a chance to win. You could see the curveball was rolling a bit. He had a big hump on it. wasn't as sharp. He made an adjustment. Second inning wasn't as bad as the first. You could see, though, he was he was finding it. There was a couple that he broke off, and you're like, oh, that's it. That's the pitch. So he found a feel for it. And once he got through the second, it was vintage Adam Wainwright. So he gave you a chance to win. What was it, a five-pitch sixth inning? Is that, is that yes. what it was? I mean, it's just, it's remarkable, really. And you told me this a few weeks ago whenever they put him out there for the ninth inning, and I disagreed with the decision. You said, it. look at look at the example that this sets for the rest of the staff. You got to go out there and you got to go deep. That's what last night was for me. I mean, imagine being Carlos Martinez and watching that and thinking to yourself, man, that what I needed to do. I just needed to be able to find a way to get through that first. Even when you're down six, you got to find a way to give you five because it's it's about the team. Yep. And it's not about, you know, am I going to win or lose this game? It's about now we're down six. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, the reality was we're not coming back against Walker Bueller, but I got to find a way to save our pen some way, somehow. So as it pertains, though, to what we're going with now forward, uh, Castillo goes tonight for the Reds. I need to do a deep dive on what's going on with this guy because he's filthy. At the end of last year, do you remember the game he came in and went the distance against the Cardinals? They couldn't hit him. I thought he was going to throw a no-hitter. And he's terrible. He's got one win this year. He's like one in eight, one in seven. But the ERA, so take out the record, the ERA is extremely high. 7.2. Yeah. Yeah, He's too good to be like that. They have, by the way, the Reds, the highest combined ERA. Their pitching staff, Mm. relievers, starters, it's the worst in baseball. 
So now you you burned Antone, you burned Sims for tonight. Be tough maybe to go multiple innings even tomorrow. I'm sure we'll see him again, but, you know, I, it looked like David Bell was going for broke. He's like, I got to get this win. You know, we got Wayno on the ropes here. We're going to get into their bullpen, which is, and he knows they've been struggling. And their big three, who knows if they're going to pitch tonight with a lead. They will, but we have the lead. Let's keep it that way. Antone was awesome. He, no one's going to hit him. And then Sims bent, didn't break, so the Reds take game one. Good game. And now the Cardinals need a good start out of KK. That, that's the big thing to me, Dan, with Jack Flaherty now on the injured list, and we'll see when he's able to return, but it's going to be a minute. The Cardinals basically confirmed that yesterday. They need KK to step up in a way that he just hasn't so far this year. He hasn't gone six innings. He hasn't had a quality start so far, and they need it out of him. They need him to be the number two starter that they're lacking right now. Wayno basically slots in as that number one for the time being. KK's got to be your number two, and he hasn't shown that so far. Yeah, go a little deeper into the game. Give him a chance to win. Coming up, looking forward to this. Kyle McClellan will be our guest. He's doing great things here in St. Louis and in Haiti. And we'll also visit with John Jay, both from the 2011 World World Series champion St. Louis Cardinals. Next on 101 ESPN. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, 1017 here in St. Louis. And we say good morning to former Cardinal reliever and starter, St. Louis native Kyle McClellan, part of the 2011 World Championship Club. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? Thanks for coming on. Uh, I'm doing good. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Um, I want to get in some baseball stuff before we promote your event, which is you're doing some great things here uh, in St. Louis and Haiti, and you've got a big gala coming up, and we'll talk about that. But um, do you, can you throw some strikes right now? If we got you a uniform, <laughs> can we get you out there to throw a few strikes? Hey, I tell you what, I saw the article on Cardinals.com saying that they're they're open to anything, and I was like, man, I might need to have my agent make a phone call. <laughs> It's been a while. It would hurt. It would be ugly. But depending on how desperate they are, I could, I could, you know, I could give them everything I got. I, I am curious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we may have to sign you up. I am curious about this. The Cardinals lead in walks. The bullpen leads in walks in particular. Um, yep. How do you correct it? I, I know it's a, a, a probably a complex answer potentially, or maybe not. But how do you correct all the walks? And it's not just one guy. It's many. Yeah, it, it's a it's a mindset thing, really, and and it's just going to take time. It's not one thing you can say or do. It's gonna they're going to have to work it out. But each guy is going to have to really focus on just coming out and attacking the zone. I think we've seen Jack Flaherty. Look at where he started the season to where he was before he got injured and went on the IL. But he was such so much more aggressive. He was in more attack mode, and and now all of a sudden he still has a lot of strikeouts, but he's deeper into the game, which is helping everybody. The bullpen guys have got to come out and they got to just go into attack mode. These guys have such good stuff. They they throw so hard. They have such good breaking balls. They're they're not helping themselves by throwing all these pitches. Now here's the thing: it, everybody asks, like, what does the pitching coach say when he comes out there? Does he tell you to throw strikes? Well, of course they're trying to throw strikes. <laughs> you know, I mean that's the they know what they need to do. It's just it's shifting their focus a little bit. Maybe instead of trying to be on the edges so much or trying to throw 100 miles an hour, if you dial it back just a little bit throw more to the middle of the plate, locate down in the zone and get ahead, then you can start to expand. And so it just might be a philosophy change more so than, than an accuracy thing. When you have something like that, that seems to be kind of plaguing the entire bullpen, did, 
Does it become something that's almost contagious? I mean, have you ever been a part of a of a bullpen or a staff that had this issue before? Well, it can, and, and, and really what it could be is is that you're down there so conscious of it that you're trying not to do it, and it's forcing you into it. You know, when you go down there and you're like, okay, I don't want to fall behind, I don't want to walk anybody, it's shoot, all of a sudden it's 3-0, and and you start to squeeze that ball a little bit more. You know, I, I tell my daughter, she's 10 years old, and, and she's pitching in softball, and I tell her, when you're not thinking about anything, that's when you're going to be at your best. You know, when you're just out there reacting, and you're not trying to think of release point, and where's my weight, and where's my foot, and how do I get this, and how do I do that? When you just go out there in those games and you see the glove and you just throw to it, that's when it's your best. But when all these things start to cloud your mind and, and, and get in the way, uh, it, it becomes more complicated. It takes, it takes you know, 100% of your, of your concentration has to be on your, your pitch and what you're doing. If you take 4 or 5% of that and put it towards mechanics and towards this and towards that, you, you're not at your best. And if that hitter's at 100%, he's going to beat you. So you, it, it's a, it, these are small adjustments they have to make. And hopefully in a month we're not talking about this, but uh, somebody's going to have to crack it and, and kind of get the ball rolling and get the momentum going for this bullpen. You're not far removed from being down there in games, in uniform, on that mound. Um, and it, it, the reason I bring that up is that I, I just don't remember seeing this many walks. I mean, I've been doing the games for almost 25 years. And, yeah. you know, the guys are coming out of the, the pen and it's you know, we all ooh and ah when you – well, not really anymore, but, I mean, when you see right. 98 to 100 <laughs> – Everybody is max effort, and I, I yep. do, and you mentioned it maybe a philosophy change in baseball, not just the Cardinals, but everybody. Where you say we need to really think about what we're doing here with max effort as opposed to what we're doing with location. Yeah, and, and think about Dave Duncan, right? His philosophy was let him hit it, let him put it in play, and that that philosophy in baseball is gone. I mean, that's long gone. I mean, it's either you know strike out or, or walk or home run is what you feel like it is. And if you look at the batting average across the game, it's the lowest it's ever been. Right, so two thirty six. Yeah, there is a shift in in the the game and what things you know what the way guys are going about it and uh, and that's part of it. It's going to swing. It's going to swing back the other way. And maybe this is the beginning part of it. But it's not a really good brand of baseball. You know, I mean, it's not. Uh, it, it's you, you talk about pace of the game and you talk about kind of fan engagement and stuff like that. Well, let them put the ball in play. Let the defense make some plays, and you know it's going to be a little bit more exciting. But I think these guys are so conditioned that you know not to let them hit it. So they're pitching around contact. And when you do that, you start picking, you start falling behind. And when you fall behind, you certainly don't want to let them, um, you know, put the ball in play. And they're not able to throw their breaking ball for strikes as, as well. And, and next thing you know, you're putting them on and you're trying to start over with the next guy. Kyle, you mentioned Jack Flaherty a few minutes ago. And I wanted to ask you about the situation the Cardinals are dealing with right now with him being out for the foreseeable future at the very minimum. Yeah. Looking back at that 2011 team, it's not quite the same. Wayno missed the whole year, and that was prior to spring training when he had the elbow issue. But when you have a guy that was so important to your club go down early on, is it kind of the whole staff that feels like they have to pick things up from there? What What is that like? What is the mindset within that bullpen, within that pitching staff, when a big guy like that goes down? Well, you're certainly looking at all the other starters to to pick it up a little bit, to go a little bit deeper, to, to be a little sharper, and to carry that load a little bit so that you're not putting a ton of pressure on the bullpen. The bullpen really can't you know, step up anymore because they're, they're, they're only in there when, when the starter hands them the ball. So if the starter can do the job and get it to the sixth or seventh, let the bullpen do their thing, they're going to be a lot better. For me, what I look for is this is a time when, when, you know, we would look at Albert and be like, all right, Albert, you got to go, you know, you got to carry us right now. So you have those superstars on the roster and Goldschmidt and Arenado and, and guys like that. And this is a time where the offense really can, as a true team, 
the, the, the offense and defense can, can really step up for the starting pitching here, or the bullpen can, can come in and, and make sure that they're holding lead. So it's not just the starters, it's the other aspects of the team as a whole that can really step up. But uh, I'm telling you, it was like whenever the team really needed it, uh, you'd look at Albert and be like, all right, what are you going to do today, big boy? Because we need, uh, we, we, need some, we need some help here. And more times than not, if not always, he would always come through. Did he ever? Um, Kyle McClellan is our guest. And I know you're tight with Adam Wainwright. I love watching Wainwright pitch. In this day and age of 100 miles an hour and max effort and all that stuff, this guy still <laughs> pitches. So I love it when he's on the mound every fifth day. And we need to take it in because, it, you yep. know, we, who knows how long it's going to last. But... I am curious, um, so we'll have shots during the television game tonight on Valley Sports Midwest, shameless plug at 6.30, great pregame show. Um, we'll have shots of Wainwright in that dugout, and he's always talking to somebody. It might be a position player. More times than not, he's with the pitchers. Mm-hmm. I remember when you were playing, Kyle, and you were great with me, and I would go talk to you, and I'd say, I always see you next to Adam Wainwright. Always. You were always there, especially when you were part of the rotation. And correct me if I'm wrong, you would agree with that, right? You're always next to Adam and talking. So what are those conversations like? And how? so when we try to explain that that Adam Wainwright is a mentor to a young staff or a young player, and you were young at the time, what were some of those conversations like and how he helped you get through a season? Well, when when you have a guy like that, uh, you don't want to waste it. And, And so if you have the opportunity, you know, you can only pitch every fifth day as a starter. Those other four days, what are you doing to get better? What are you doing mentally to prepare yourself for that fifth day? Because a lot of times when you're in the situation on your day to start, it's hard to understand what's happening around you because the game is going so fast. It's hard to slow it down, recognize situations, recognize scenarios, and, and kind of slow it down and, and execute you know, the, the strategy that you think you need to put in. You're following Yachty. You're following kind of your instinct of what's happening. But those, those moments right there, it helps you become aware of those situations. So as you're seeing it from a fan or as a teammate of, you know, say, you know, Jake Westbrook going through something or Kyle Loesch going through something, we can sit there and talk about it and be like, man, this, this right here is, is, is where he's really got to crack down and make a pitch here. Or you got first and third. Car- Chris Carpenter was the absolute best of this. And, Danny, I know you guys have mentioned on the broadcast a, a few weeks ago, uh, I can't remember who it was that brought it up, but, you know, you give up a leadoff triple. Okay, well, how do we handle this? Well, Chris Carpenter would say concede that run at third base and get three out. Yeah, I was because talking about the, that the other day, yeah. Yeah, because if you try to, which a young pitcher is going to say, I can't give up that run in the first inning, and now all of a sudden you give up five. And, and so those situations, those, those experiences that Adam has learned throughout his career, that instead of you learning it on the, on the mound and, and taking a loss or giving up runs because of it, now you're like, okay, now next time I'm in that situation, runner on third, nobody out in the first inning, you know what, i got to get three outs. And, and, and a lot of times, Chris Carpenter was the best at it. That run would stay at third base. Uh, and, and he would almost be trying to give it up, but he would go and execute his pitches and get out of it. So you're just trying to learn through their mistakes, through their experiences, through their successes, so that when those situations come up and you haven't seen them yet, you're, you're aware, aware of them and may be able to, uh, to escape having some, some problems and help your team win. So I, I would, when I was on the DL, I sat next to Jose Okendo. Uh, because I was like, I want to learn from this guy. I want to know what in the world he's doing because he's doing something that nobody else is doing. And I want to know how he's positioning infielders. And I want to know what they're doing on, on, you know, behind me and stuff like that. So 
uh, that time in the dugout is is no time to waste. It's no time to just sit back and kick your feet up. It is time to learn. Kyle, the other thing that I found really interesting about Wayno's presser last night after the game is he, he mentioned that he had a couple of conversations with some of the young guys yesterday before the game. Lane Thomas was one of them, and he talked to them about how they need to just show confidence because when you're when you're in a situation like those guys, you're going in and you're wondering, you're always looking behind your shoulder. Am I going to get sent yep. back down? Is this going to be the strikeout that gets me sent down? Mm-hmm. What is that like as a player, whether you experienced it or you saw it through your teammates? What is that like when you're kind of riding that Memphis shuttle of going up and down? I'll never forget when I made the team in 2008. I told my wife, I said, you know, we better soak this all up because in two weeks somebody's coming off the DL and I might be back down at Memphis. <laughs> I mean, so, <laughs> so you know you know what's happening. You're aware of what's going on and what's around you and your situation. You try not to pay attention to it, but, but you are. And, you know, some guys it motivates and some guys it scares the crap out of, you know, and, and, uh, and they can't handle it. And that's why these big league guys that, that play in the big leagues and, and day in and day out and for years and years, that's why it's so impressive to be able to handle all the stuff thrown at them. Uh, but, you know, you, you just got to go out there and play your game. And, and part of the shuffle and, and, and the shuttle from Memphis to St. Louis is part of that learning experience, you know, until you can establish yourself. It is very, very hard to establish yourself as a major league player, almost impossible. I mean, it is so hard to get that opportunity, take advantage of it, and, and be able to stay there. And, um, and so you just got to gotta play with it and you got to perform. When you get the opportunity, you know, you got to go out there and perform. If not, you know that somebody's coming. And uh, like I said, some guys it motivates and some guys it, it, it ends up being the reason that they can't handle it and get sent down. And, uh, that's why the guys that are there are the best in the world. And, um, you know, you, mentally, George, George Kissel used to always say, there's no dumb big leaguer. Uh, <laughs> if you get to the big leagues and you can stay there, there's a reason for it. And he's absolutely right. It's wonderful when athletes use their platform to do great things in a community to make a difference. You have done that. It's your life's work now. Brace for impact. 46.com brace for impact 46.com that is uh, your foundation that's where you can find out all the information of the things that you're doing but you have your 2021 night of champions gala it's august 14th at the four seasons here in town it is in person which is great news it's yeah. not virtual yeah. and you've got some great guys coming back but so first tell us what you're doing with brace for impact and then uh, tell us about the gala Yep. So we, we do community development in North City, St. Louis, uh, and also Haiti. We have uh, big big programs in, in both areas, uh, and, and really our focus is kids. We want to help stabilize kids and, and give them the opportunity to be successful going forward and give them the tools they need to be successful. And, and uh, so in, it, the programs look different, but they're very, very similar. Uh, and so, yeah, our, our big night of champions, I would say I, I want to be champions for those that don't have champions. And, uh, and so it's just fitting with with, uh, with being a World Series champion and, and being able to bring some guys back. But Chris Carpenter keynoted our, our first gala two years ago at Bush Stadium. This year we're bringing back, we're kind of celebrating the 2011 10-year reunion. So we have Lance Berkman, we have Jason Mott, we have Alan Craig. Uh, we're working on a handful of other guys from outside the Cardinals, but uh, well-known celebrities in the area. And uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. All the money is going to proceed, both of our programs, local and international. And uh, we're excited to be in person. Uh, we're hoping for 450 people to show up and, and kind of celebrate the night and hear about the work that we do. And uh, like you said, on our website, if you go to our website, braceforimpact46.com, it's, uh, it, ha- it will have a pop-up screen right there that can take you to registration. We have tickets open right now, um, and it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But we, we put my wife and I have been spending probably about the last four months uh, working on this, and we still got about 10 weeks left to, to get it dialed in. But uh, it's it's a big part of our year. It's our biggest fundraiser, and we're, we're sure hopeful that a lot of big Cardinal fans are going to come out and support. How many tickets are, are still available for this? I know these go pretty quickly. 
Yeah, so we sold 200. We're about 240 sold in the past uh, week and a half, two weeks. So we're off to a really great start. I know there's still a lot of people that are planning to come, just haven't done the, bought it yet. So I've been encouraging them because I know they're going to go quick. So we have about 200 tickets available. You can buy a table of 10. You can buy individual tickets. Uh, but it's going to give you access to, to the evening. We're going to have a panel of, uh, of those three guys, Berkman, Mott, and Craig. Uh, Tom Ackerman is going to emcee it. We're hoping to add another big name to that here soon. Uh, and then uh, you're also going to have our silent auction, live auction, and then we're going to go into dinner and details about our program. So it's going to be a great night. We're going to have a DJ at the end of it. We'll have a little after party outside the doors and, uh, and have a great time, again, celebrating the, the work that's being done and all the people we're able to help. Thanks for what you do. Congratulations on uh, all the different things that you've been able to accomplish in Haiti and here in St. Louis. I know people here in town really appreciate it. And, again, those tickets at braceforimpact46.com. Thanks, Kyle. We'll get you on again, and we'll, we'll make sure and promote this, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. You got it. That's Kyle McClellan, the world champion of 2011. I always find those conversations interesting of what is Adam Wainwright saying? What is Yachty saying? What, you know, what are the conversations? I mean, of course you're going to have conversations that go off track that have nothing to do with the game of baseball, but, um, you know, what, what's that pitcher in? Like, what, what pitch would you throw in this spot? What do you think he needs to go with here? How do you think Yachty's going to call it? I, I just find that stuff fascinating. Yeah, and it's different, but I, I find for the same reasons. The ball talk stuff that the Cardinals yes. do, very interesting as well. It's just guys that are so knowledgeable at, about the game, being able to spread that within the team is always a good thing, and the Cardinals just keep adding players to that mix. Nolan Arenado now being one of those guys as well. Paul Goldschmidt, I mean, it's... It's incredible, the the wealth of knowledge within that clubhouse right now. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. One of the great moments in St. Louis Cardinals history and our next guest, a big part of it. He was on the field for that final out racing in with Alan Craig. And that's John Jay, who joins us now, the former Cardinal outfielder, part of that 2011 World Championship team. Danny Mack with BK. And we say good morning to John Jay. John, how you doing? What's going on, guys? Uh, yeah, man, hearing that that uh, that little sound like clip right there uh, got me excited right now. Get a little goosebumps. I always get goosebumps. I've heard it a million times. I still get goosebumps. Man, all the time. I mean, it's a moment that I literally think about, you know, 10 times a day for the last, what, 10 years since it happened. So, uh, you know, and it's it's ironic now with the, you know, 10-year anniversary coming up and all that. And, you know, just talking to some of the guys behind the scenes and, and all that, just, you know, we send each other clips and just keep each other fired up about it. And it's something that, uh, you know, we've carried with us for, for a long time and something that I, I always get a smile thinking about. Absolutely. Um, for people that don't know, what are you doing uh, these days? I know, ba- you. by the way, you got 10 years in. Congratulations on that. That's such a great accomplishment of a major league player. But um, what are you doing these days? Where where can we find you? Yeah, so um, it's funny. So, like, you know, last year, like you said, I was, I was lucky enough and blessed enough to get 10 years in. And, um, you know, that all started in St. Louis for me. You know, I, I got to learn so much about the game, got to be part of a, a winning culture and, you know, five playoff appearances and, you know, something that really carried me throughout my career. And, uh, you know, nowadays I was with I was a member of the Angels this year. I, I got called up a couple of times. I actually had a chance to stay up with the team, and uh, I declined that chance to be where I'm at right now, which is, uh, you know, playing for Team USA, 
trying to get our country back into the Olympics, you know, to qualify. Uh, we're currently 3-0. and We advance to the next pool play. We have a game tonight against Canada, and we play tomorrow against Venezuela. So, you know, we just got to win tonight and then win tomorrow, and, you know, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get it done and clinch a spot in, 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 the, in the Olympics for the summer games this year. So, uh, for me, it was kind of an easy decision. It was kind of a crazy decision when, you know, I kind of declined the chance to stay in the big leagues and, and say, no, I want to go play for Team USA. This is where my heart's at, and is what I want to do. So it's been a ton of fun being down here now. And like I said, we're almost close to, to, to meeting our goal. I, I think this is incredible. I want to get into this. This is fascinating. You turned down a chance to earn big league money, stay in the big leagues to go play for team USA and wear USA across the chest. Um, do you remember when I went down to Miami and went to the boys and girls club of, of where you grew up? Do you remember that when we were down there? Absolutely. We had a great time. Uh, you know, you, you, you took the time out of your busy schedule to, to come down and hang with me. And we got to, uh, you know, show you the spot where, where I grew up and the playing field where I used to walk to and, you know, place that kept me out of trouble and kept me in line and, you know, gave me the chance to be where I'm at today for sure. And I bring that up because you you showed me your background and your family's background and what the United States uh, means to you. Is that why you're doing this? Because of your parents and, and maybe give us the background here. Is that why you've said this country's so important to me that I want to represent it in baseball? I've made enough money and you know, what this country has given me and my family and, and, and this is why I want to do it. Is that, is that why you're doing it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, everyone knows the story of my career, you know, um, I've had to fight and crawl for, for everything that I've gotten in this game. And that's something I'm very proud of, you know, uh, you know, there's numerous times, even in St. Louis where, you know, I'd start to get off on the bench and then, you know, when it came playoff time, I, I took advantage of my opportunities throughout the year and, you know, kind of, you know, would do what, what I knew I was capable of doing. And, you know, for me, um, you know, the big leagues is great. And, you know, I've, I've fought and crawled so much to get to the point I'm at. And we mentioned it earlier, you know, being able to get 10 years was a huge individual accomplishment for me where, you know, everything I'm about is about the team. But that was for the first time in my career where I could sit back and be like, man, wow, I, I was able to do this. And, you know, I know I didn't do it by myself. You know, I had a village of people behind me that have helped me get to that point. And kind of, you know, that was kind of into my decision now where, you know, knowing there's a chance to maybe play for the team, team USA with the Olympics and then, you know, going back to my family history, you know, a lot of people don't know that, that I'm, I'm Cuban. Um, you know, I'm a Cuban-American. I was born in, in Miami, but, you know, both my parents came as kids. My grandparents left the, the island of Cuba as exiles when, you know, the, the, the dictator Fidel Castro took over in the 60s. So uh, there's a lot of family history there. You know, my grand, one of my grandfathers was a political prisoner for 15 years in, uh, in Cuba. You know, he he stood up for his rights and stood up for for his country and he was thrown in jail for that. And by the grace of God, he was saved from, from being killed when Che Guevara was, you know, was, um, you know, murdering people in Cuba that stood against the government. And then, uh, you know, I've learned so much more about the history of my family. My great grandfather from my dad's side, uh, my dad's grandfather was the first Afro um, Cuban elected official in uh, in the in um, in Cuba in the in the 1940s. His name was Justo Salas. So he was the governor of Santiago de Cuba. And, um, you know, he stood up for his rights, stood up for, for um, social justice and, you know, a lot of things that are going on in this country now and, you know, the, the freedoms that we have in this country to the freedom of speech and the freedom, you know, to, to give opinions. So for me, um, you know, representing my, you know, the country and, and what this, this uh, United States is all about, you know, it's the land of the free, the land of opportunity. And, and you know, I'm, I'm literally living the American dream. You know, my grandparents sacrificed so much leaving their country of Cuba to come here for the future of their family, which was me, you know, and being able to get educated here and, you know, to, to have all the rights that we have here as Americans and, and um, regardless of what's going on in the country, 
you know, it, it's a it's a great honor for me to to put on this Team USA jersey and and represent our country and you know go to the Olympics. You know, the Olympics is something that uh, not a lot of people get to say they're Olympians. And you know, the same thing as being a World Series champion. Um, you know, being able to put the, the USA on your on your chest and represent our country is something that you know I really wanted to do. I, I had a chance to play for the college national team in 2005, and it was a great group of guys from from Max Scherzer to David Price to. Um, you know, Matt Weeders to, you know, so many guys that have had unbelievable big league careers. And I, I always remember that summer as being, you know, a breakout for me in my career. So to be able to put the USA jersey on now again with, you know, some veteran players, with a, with a bunch of young studs from different organizations and, you know, coming together for our country to, to put us on, on the map, it's been something that's been a lot of fun. You've given me goosebumps. I got goosebumps listening to you talk about that. And when I went down there and you showed me around and showed me your family history, that's why I wanted you to go that direction. So I'm so thankful that you explained that in eloquent terms uh, for our listening audience. Thanks for doing that, John. I know BK's got some questions for you, too. Yeah, what is this experience like, John? I mean, they, they have some – it's such a interesting mix of roster. You've got guys that are on the older end. You've got some young prospects that are down there with you. What it, What is it been like so far to be a part of this team it's been amazing to tell you the truth um you know uh you know behind the scenes just uh trying to you know give as much knowledge and wisdom from my past experiences in the big leagues and playing baseball has been a lot of fun with the young guys you know you have a lot of young guys that are just so eager to learn and so hungry i mean one guy that's been unbelievable is uh you know one of the cardinals top prospects right now matt libertor i mean he's a great kid really got a good head on his shoulders and you know, he's just going to continue to get better and better every single day. And, you know, I've been able to just share feedback from the fans. You know, I said, hey, man, St. Louis fans are the greatest fans there are out there. You know, they're going to show up every day. They're going to appreciate you. Uh, you know, letting them know how everyone knows exactly who he is already. And he hasn't even pitched a game in the big leagues yet for them. And, you know, just giving them advice on, you know, how to be a Cardinal, how to handle everything. And, you know, just telling him how lucky he is to be in the St. Louis Cardinals organization and going to have a chance to, you know, be part of some, some winning baseball and just around a lot of legends and, you know, obviously, you know, hopefully he'll get to throw to Yachty and, and be around Wainwright and, and stuff like that. But, you know, and then Paul Goldschmidt, you know, teammate of mine that was a teammate, ex-teammate of mine. And obviously Nolan Arenado, who's going to be there for a long time, who's, you know, is just one of the, the greatest, uh, you know, players have played. And just the way he goes about his business is unbelievable. So, you know, just giving him tidbits on that and, and stuff like that. So that's been a lot of fun. And then, you know, the way uh, these rosters work is, you know, nobody can be on the 40-man roster or in the big leagues. So, um, you know, we have a lot of veteran guys like Todd Frazier and Edwin Jackson, Matt Camp, you know, really guys that had, have had unbelievable big league careers. Uh, but, you know, we all know how baseball is right now. It's a little hard to get jobs when you're over 30 and you're a veteran. And for a lot of these guys, you know, they've made a lot of money. They've had a lot of opportunities in the game. And, you know, the way the pay scale is now for some veterans, you know, it's better for them just to be at home with their family. So it's just been a really unique uh, opportunity, you know, a guy – you know, we talked about the 2011 team, and it's cool to be here with Edwin Jackson and, and Mark Zipchinski and, and us going over those mm. memories. Um, you know, a guy like Brandon Dixon, where, you know, he was stuck behind so many top prospects in, in the Cardinals organization, and he had a great opportunity to go to Japan and, and never look back. I mean, he spent eight years in Japan just competing over there, was able to provide for his family, and took a different route than the traditional route, but is a, an unbelievable baseball player, and he's here as well. So it's been really cool to just meet different guys and, uh, Jaron Duran from the from the Red Sox. I mean, an absolute stud center fielder. You know, he's going to probably be one of the guys that carries the torch in the future of this game. And you know, Tristan Casas, first base prospect from the Red Sox. 
uh, something that it's been super fun for me to get to play with where, you know, he's from South Florida, you know, he's homegrown. He used to go to my games at UM when, when he was a kid and to be here with him now, it's been a lot of fun. So just different guys from different organizations. And it's just, it's just been a lot of fun to, to be under one, um, you know, one, uh, one roof and, and trying to do everything for the, for USA. You know, it's not about playing time. It's not about numbers. It's about just finding a way to get the W and, you know, it feels a lot like, like, uh, you know, that, that 2011 world series one that we have, where it's like, doesn't matter who's out there. Let's just get the job done and, uh, and represent our country. World series champion, John Jay joining us here on one one ESPN. John, I'm curious when, when you look at some of those conversations that you've had with guys that were on that 2011 team, what, what are things, things that you guys are talking about amongst yourselves right now? Are there any particular moments that you're like, man, I, I, I couldn't believe that took place in 2011. I mean, we can we can we can sit here for hours and hours. And hours. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy just going back from, you know, something I've used in everything that I've been on since I left St. Louis is like, hey, we were down eleven and a half games when nobody, everybody kind of found We found a way to get in, and we found a way to win the World Series. You know, and you know that's something that I've always preached to teams that I've been in in the future, where you never know what's going to happen. But you know, the thing that. I love and the thing I look back about is just the, the process of everything, you know, from the time we got the spring training, you guys know what, what it was about in those times, you know, everyone was there at 530 in the morning, you know, Chris Carpenter would be leading the way there, you know, Yachty's in there catching at four in the morning, you know, Albert was in there, you know, doing his thing and, you know, just everyone, how we just worked and grinded together and then, you know, that year we talk about, you know, the trades we were able to make at the all-star break, you know, getting for Kyle and Botel and Zepchinski and Edwin Jackson, who, you guys know firsthand. He came into that clubhouse and just really changed the the the, the, the you know the mood there. And just you know we had music going and it's such a fun atmosphere to be around. And you know so we we talk about those little things, not necessarily the games and stuff, but just like the people, you know, the quality of people, the friendships that we still have to this day. You know, I have a, a group check with uh, you know the original young guy crew, which we weren't even that young then, but we we were considered young. You know, um, it's you know Descalzo, Craig, and Freeze. You know, some of my best friends to this day and. You know, it's cool to see us all now as fathers and, you know, we're all married and we have our families and like, you know, now we're like planning family vacations together and golf trips and just, you know, talking about this 10 year anniversary coming up. And so it's been exciting just to have those type of conversations and, you know, talking about, you know, we talk about how Yachty's still doing it. You know, this guy's still one of the best catchers in the game, if not the best catcher in the game. And, you know, he's, you know, way older than everyone, but just the drive that he has and, and his passion for the game and, you know, seeing Wayno out there doing his thing. So it's, you know, it's fun. These are the type of conversations we have. It's not necessarily about, you know, the wins and losses, but just really about the quality of people and the friendships we're able to make and, you know, playing under Tony LaRusso, Hall of Fame manager, and just, you know, learning from Cheo Kendo, everything we got to learn, and, you know, Mark McGuire, Michael Aldretti. So those are the conversations that we have, and it's just always so much fun reminiscing on all those good times. Do we know, uh, as we wrap it up here, John Jay, this has been a lot of fun to visit with you. You've been great with your time. Uh, do we know when the date is for the 2011 reunion yet? I know it's going to happen because we're all going to get back in person, but do we have a date yet? Yeah, I'm not sure if there is a date or not yet, but um, I know there's something that the team's doing in the works. And then, um, you know, behind the scenes, I'm also planning on, uh, you know, doing some type of, you know, welcome back to St. Louis weekend where, uh, you know, getting together with the guys and, and kind of creating our own uh, our own little event. So uh, there'll, there'll be more details of that coming up soon in, in, uh, in, in the next couple of months. So um, it, it's been real exciting and a lot of fun. And as you guys know, I'm still, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm all, I'm Mr. 305 and I love Miami, mm-hmm. but, you know, I also love the 314. You know, I spent a ton of time in St. Louis. I'm actually going to be in St. Louis for a week after this tournament's done. You know, my family's there right now. My my kids were all born there. 
So St. Louis is a place that's dear to my heart, and you know I consider myself a St. Louisan as well. That is awesome. You are St. Louisan. You're world champion, and I know fans. We're getting a ton of texts. Are just loving hearing from John Jay, and it's been great to visit with you. John, are you planning to go over to Japan? Like I know you're doing the qualifiers right now. Are you are you planning to also compete in the Olympics if and when the team makes Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean that's the goal. You know. So um, you know, one thing you know, the Angels have been great with me this year. Uh, Perry Manias and Joe Madden. They've been you know, absolutely great with just letting me uh, kind of, you know, fulfill my, 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 my heart and where, where I want to be and, you know, being with family and all that. So, you know, they've been great with that. So, um, you know, we'll get together. So I envision going back to St. Louis for about a week or so and then, you know, maybe joining the AAA team for, for the time being to get at bat and just stay ready to go to the, to go to the Olympics and help us, uh, you know, help us uh, get a gold medal. And then, But first, you know, just qualifying and uh, getting there with these two days and then, uh, you know, hopefully going to, to, to Japan and getting a gold medal for sure. It's phenomenal. And that USA means a lot to you, which is so great. It's it's just great to hear your voice, John. Miss seeing you around the ballpark, but sounds like we're going to be seeing you a lot here in St. Louis. Thanks for doing this. And uh, let us know if we can promote anything that you have coming up. You want to come on the air and talk to us? You got an open invitation anytime you want to do it. Yeah, as soon as again, I think we're going to have to help have a whole hour segment and uh, we can just hang out and, and uh, talk I love about it. it. You, you come if you on want to come studio. in studio, you let us know, John, anytime. We'll send a limo. All right, All right, let's do it, guys. You got it. That's John Jay. Thanks, John. And uh, 2011 World Championship. But uh, I went down to Florida and saw where he grew up. I went to Boys and Girls Club, uh, met some of the people that were mentors to him. And then we went back to like a family home. And this, it was just he was in you know very emotional during the the piece and when the visit and showing me about his his upbringing and his parents and his grandparents and so having that usa across the chest i mean think about what his family's been through with the situation in in cuba that's amazing to hear how important this is for him to pass up playing in the big leagues to wear a team usa jersey that is phenomenal I mean, there's prospects right now that teams are like, ah, eh, we don't know. You can go over there and you can do the qualifiers. But really, I mean, right. let's be honest. John Jay literally gave up the opportunity to play in the bigs. I mean, think about that. That for, for most people, that's the dream is finding a way to get to the bigs. And then once you get there, finding a way to stick. And he's saying, no, I'm good. I'm going to go play in the Olympics instead. It, it's that's one of the best interviews I've I've ever been a part of. And it's because of what John Jay had, not what we did like that. That guy is incredible. That was and, awesome. And the last 15 minutes, that was that was unbelievable. You've been listening to Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.